0: Um, Tuesday night and this is me we're going to do some questions uh, or you're, you're going to do some, well you've done some questions and, I, and there are some uh, and if you've got any questions then please feel free to add them and I will do some answers Jonathan Stiano uh, plastic surgeon speaking um, as it says down here and what we're doing tonight is a um, Facebook live q and and a every Tuesday 7pm, which is what it is now. It is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So please comment and share uh, and feel free to ask any questions if there are any. Um, I have got some questions already and it's always fantastic to get questions uh, sent by email or um, Facebook Messenger or whatever. So I do welcome the questions. So thank you very much for continuing to ask questions. I'm very grateful for you. Uh, to you for that. Um, So, here we go. Uh, That's the doge. Um, Hey, I was advised to get in touch with a couple of questions about surgery. Due to complications during a birth, I had complex surgery and stay in NICU. I guess that's neonatal ICU, is it? Uh, This brought to light that I am not able to undergo general. I had issues with oxygen levels and developed pulmonary hypertension. I've lost over five stone in the past 24 months. And this, combined with multiple pregnancies, have left me with sagging stomach and deflated breasts. I'm trying to get information on whether a mini tummy, uh, a mini tuck and breast implant uh, uplift, potentially with transfer of fat from stomach to breast is possible under local, also typical how much size loss there is when doing an uplift I am 34 f slash g right a few issues there okay so uh first issue i'll i've got to try and remember about, i should have put, I've done this as two separate questions about the size loss when there's a lot uplift i have got to try and remember the answer to that but i'll do the first one about uh whether a mini tummy tuck and breast uplift with transfer of fat to the side. there's another question in a minute about mini tummy tucks and i've just as a If you've lost five stone, I think maybe a mini tummy tuck won't be enough. Just put that out there. But um in fact, the other question talks about, but maybe it's the same person asking questions. Anyway, because there's another question about mini tummy-tuck under local. Anyway, um so the bottom line is the specific answer is if you're specifically saying can a mini tummy tuck and a breast uplift be done under local, yes, they can. Personally, I would be I wouldn't want to do them both together under local. It's perfectly reasonable to do them both together, but I think to do them under local, both of them under local is a bit too much. Um, But you certainly have them done separately under local. Uh, They're both relatively big operations to be doing under local. They're sort of pushing the boundaries of what you can do under local, but it is possible. And again, if you add in a fat transfer from the stomach to the breasts, you're adding in even more surgery. So I think it is a lot to be under under local anesthetic, but eat, You'd you'd probably have to have to stage it, and I don't think you you'd be able to do both under local. And I actually think a breast lift with fat grafting from the stomach to the breasts in one operation under local. Personally, I think is pushing it a bit. It'll be local sedation, not pure local. The that's the question specifically asked. The other thing that would worry me a bit is what I would suggest is whoever you see, who your plastic surgeon, I think they're probably going to want to talk to the surgeons who. Or the doctors who are looking after you who have told you that you shouldn't have a general because um, you've written here due to complications I had complex surgery I'm not unable to undergo a general I have issues with oxygen levels and develop pulmonary hypertension if you have got an illness so the, the person I'll be asking you how ill are you are have you got a good exercise tolerance are you able to you know walk up the flight of stairs are you able to sort of live a normal life, because if you are, then that's that that, that would be okay. But if you if you've got problems with pulmonary hypertension, if you're not really able to function uh, in life normally, and you are at risk of it having a general anaesthetic, I think you're going to have risk of having a local anaesthetic sedation as well. So um, I think you've got to question whether it's worth having surgery at all if you are you know unwell and are not well enough to undergo a general anaesthetic because the stress associated with the general anaesthetic is similar to that associated with local insation because local incidation is you know you are sedated it is quite an invasive thing and these are quite invasive operations so they would be quite taxing to your body and to your respiratory system and what have you so i would question whether you would be a candidate for surgery at all so on paper a mini tummy tuck and breast lift can be done under local sedation, but if you are so if You've got a pre existing illness, which means you can't have a general, the, the it may also mean that you can't have a local insulation because you know it's still quite a stressful thing to undergo. So, we'd have to talk to your doctors and we'd have to think about whether it'd be worth um, doing something less or not having surgery really if you're very um, uh, debilitated by your pulmonary hypertension because you're going to have risks with local insulation. Um, so, that is an issue now the other thing i mustn't forget is how much size loss there is when doing an uplift i'm a 34f g so it's it varies that and i don't i haven't got a good answer to give to people when they talk about the size and an uplift i normally say it's about the same some people say that they feel bigger because the breasts are higher up on your chest some people say they feel smaller because you do remove a bit of skin uh, when you do an uplift but the volume that you remove is very small Broadly speaking, I think it's about the same. But what what I would say, if you're a 34F slash G, that's quite a big volume of breast. And if you do an uplift on someone who's got a big volume of breast, that volume of breast is going to be acted on by gravity and can sag again. So. It, I don't know what you've got to have the size you want and if you want to be that size fine but it's an idea to think about having a reduction maybe taking some volume out of the lower pole of the breast to try and release uh, reduce the heaviness of the breast so it's less likely to sag again because if you do an uplift on someone who's a 34f stroke g um yes you will make them lifted to start off with but they will settle slash sag you know and the bigger they are the more they sag oh hold on a minute oh god I've missed the I've missed the comments oh god Emma, hi. Hi, Emma. Jade, oh, God, I've neglected Jade. Good evening. Jackie Moore, this is your guy. He's ace. That's it. Thank you, Emma, for that vote of confidence. Claire, I had breast implants done by yourself, myself, that is, five years old. Uh, f- five years old. Okay. Good, Claire. I hope, hope all's well. I hope it's all going well. Long time no see. By all means, come and say hello at uh, any time. You know that. Uh, Joy, hello. Uh, Holly, evening yan hi hi oh here we go the second plot Oh, i keep getting a few of air bubbles in my left breast is this normal claire five years old not really no um five years very initially yes that is normal but a bit abnormal five years on claire doesn't sound like a worrying thing so i'm not particularly worried about it but it doesn't i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's a normal thing five years post-op so anything like that any niggles or anything you worry about why don't you come back to the clinic um and i'll see you and see what's what just you know but as i say it doesn't sound like i need to worry about but i wouldn't particularly say anything that's normal so yeah it's probably nothing joy says am i the only person who can't see anything i hope i hope you are joy yes um can people see can people see me can you see me so um I think, I think the camera's working. I think got a little light and all that. All more cons. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Claire, come to the clinic. Here we go. Supplements. Is that gone? Yeah. I take supplements. Oh, it's okay. Very fuzzy. Oh, God, don't tell me the internet's gone funny. Is the internet funny? Is the movement all fuzzy? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, it's the internet, isn't it? let's do internet speed test is what i need to do sorry all right all right i'll tell you what i shouldn't do it on this one because i can't see a thing no we will do it on this one can you, uh internet speed test right right i'm running the speed test right um you know what i bet it's the kids i should tell the kids to get off whatever they're doing they're probably doing all stuff on the internet don't realize how important this work their dad's doing in the the, you know in the other part of the house got no respect uh, it's okay now is it it's a bit pixelated but can hear you fine sorry guys i think it's my children the playing on their games and stuff should i go and tell them no, I can't do it in the middle. I can't do it mid-broadcast. I'm a professional. I'm going to push on. I'm pushing on. Um, supplements. If it's really bad, say, and I'll go another word. Um, word. Exert my authority. I take supplements, vitamin C, biotin, lysine, and cod liver oil. Do I need to stop prior to surgery? Brackets, breast reduction. Right. What I need to do here for this question is this. I need to do this. Disclaimer. So this is it is pixelated, isn't it? Oh god. Um, this is my personal opinion. I don't think. Um, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't think this is my patient here. So um, the the answer to this question is check with your surgeon because your surgeon surgeons do have views about this stuff. And what you'll find is a lot of this stuff is based on people's opinions and surgeons' opinions and experiences. And some surgeons do have opinions about um, supplements Um, and will uh, worry about certain supplements because some supplements can increase bleeding and, and what have you. So they worry away. They won't let you take certain supplements. So you better check with your surgeon first. For me, I'm okay with them all. I'm okay with vitamin C, biotin, lysine and cod liver oil. And uh, I'm very happy for you to take those um, and I don't see a problem in it, but check with your surgeon first, but uh, certainly I've got no problem with t- you taking those um, supplements. But to be honest with you, the surgeon will probably be grateful to you for asking the question. Um, I would be grateful for people asking the question because it is sometimes people are on funny things you worry about and some surgeons do have strong views about it. So don't be ass- do not be not ashamed, don't be afraid to ask your surgeon, but if, it, if it's uh, up to me, I'm okay with it uh with supplements now this is the one that might have been the same person that person as early on but i'm sure no one's really keeping track um oh joy says it's not my just my kids god no joy i've got no control whatsoever to be honest with you which is why it's probably just as well i don't go and try and do it now because i'll just humiliate myself by being told to you know get on with it by my children so um they don't realize what's going on here they've got no idea how famous that father is and you know the reach of my um, social media footprint but you know one day they'll look back and they'll realize um hey ho um so yeah i've got a feeling this might be the same person as earlier because it's a pretty similar question isn't it anyway we'll just pretend it isn't um and we'll pretend it's a new question. Is it possible to have a mini tummy tuck under local? Let me think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Certainly a mini tummy tuck under local is possible. And um, it's, still, it's still quite a big you know, big deal to have under local. And the thing about having things under local, what I normally do is I normally talk to people about um, the fact that um, if you want a local, people have got to be up for it have got to be up for the local the patient has got to be sort of keen to have it i wouldn't really try and push a local anesthetic on someone for a bigger operation now when we talk about local that is it means local and sedation it's not pure local you're not purely awake like you are now you're sedated but i wouldn't push local station on someone because you can often feel things you can often get twinges and things all that's a bit sore and have to put a bit more local in. so the patient has to be on board with the whole thing um is the first thing to say but if a patient's on board, a mini tummy tuck is possible under local. Next part of the question is what's the difference between mini and a full. Now, a full tummy tuck is possible under local. Again, full tummy tuck is probably pushing the boundaries even more, but it is possible uh, under local. Again, again, with a patient that is that is um, committed and is is um, is happy to have it, we normally do these things in a hospital where we can do a general anaesthetic. So we say to patients, look, if it's uncomfortable, if it hurts, or whatever, if you're not enjoying it, we can always convert you to a general anaesthetic. Um, the difference between a mini and a full is um, there is a lot of um, move, obviously, or not obviously, well, yeah, obviously, to have less scarring. Uh, breast lifts, face lifts, tummy tucks, they're all sort of tightening the skin. They're all doing the same thing. And everyone wants a short scar, face lift and a you know, short scar, breast lift, and all this sort of stuff. And same with the tummy tuck. So a mini tummy tuck is a shorter scar, um, but any time – shorter scar less skin is removed so it's a shorter scar and it's only really suitable for people who've got a little bulge above the pubic bone above if you've got a cesarean scar a little bulge is really pixelated isn't it little bulge above the um that's really pixelated um pubic bone because it only takes a bit of skin between the where your cesarean scar would be or your sort of top of your pubic hair and your belly button you take a, a section of that skin away and tighten the skin in that area so you, you tighten the skin from the belly button to the to the uh, top of the pubic hair you leave you don't do anything to the belly button so sometimes the belly button gets pulled down a bit but you don't there's no scars on the abdomen itself there's no scar around the belly button um so a full tummy tuck is a much longer scar than a mini tummy tuck it goes from hip to hip it's the same place as a mini tummy tuck which is about the place of a cesarean so a mini tummy tuck is a bit longer than a cesarean scar a full tummy tuck goes from hip to hip but there's also a scar around the belly button because all of the skin from your belly button down to your pubic hair or down to where your cesarean scar is is removed all that skin is removed so you're not just tightening that skin; you're removing it all. So if you've got any moles, you've got any scars, if you've got any you know tattoos or anything in that area, they all go. And um, and then we cut out the belly button, pull that skin down, and then pop the belly button back out in a bit of skin that used to be in uh, above the belly button. So we relocate the belly button with a full tummy tuck. So a full tummy tuck, by and large, a bigger operation, because we're going above the belly button with a full tummy tuck, we can repair the muscles as well. The, the uh, rectus muscles the, the the recti muscles the six-pack muscles sometimes they're split up splayed apart a little bit if you've had children or if you've lost weight they become weak and there's a what we call diversification of the recti it's a little splaying of those recti muscles and we can bring them back together with a full tummy tuck you can't really do it for a mini tummy tuck because you can't really get above the belly button because the belly button's stuck in place whereas with a full, you sort of cut the belly button out and you can get higher up so um so, yeah, the, the main difference is there's an extra scar around the belly button. The scar on the abdomen is longer, and you can repair the um, muscles and bring them together with a full tummy tuck. And also, a full tummy tuck contours the whole abdomen a bit better, the whole sort of width of the abdomen. Whereas a mini tummy tuck just concentrates that bit above the uh, pubic area. Oh, God. Oh, God. I've neglected the. You're doing great. Oh, oh thank you, Joy. You're doing great. Thank you joy sorry about the pixelation uh helen's got a question what is the difference between textured and polyurethane so textured implant so textured implants are silicone implants um, with a rough surface and basically um, what happened was when they first made silicone implants they were smooth they had a smooth surface and they just dis- they discovered that they would go hard. They would develop capsular contracture. They'd have hard scar tissue forming around that smooth surface and forming a hard capsule around the implant and making them feel uncomfortable and requiring them to be changed. So then they developed polyurethane foam implants. And polyurethane foam implants have got a foam coating around the outside. And what they found was the scar tissue, rather than just going around the implant, would grow into the foam in a three-dimensional way so that when it contracted, because it's still contracted, It didn't contract as a sort of sheet around the implant. It contracted in all different directions. So the risk of capsular contracture or the rate of hardening of the implant was a lot less with polyurethane implants. Then they did this thing where they found that they caused cancer in rats. So they said, good God, we can't use these implants. So they stopped using those implants for a while. And what they did in that time is when they they got the wet silicone, they imprinted. Well, not all of them, but there's different ways of doing it. But one of the companies mentor their way they make the texturing of the implant is they get a wet silicone implant and they imprint polyurethane foam on it in order to get the texturing and the texturing is trying to mimic polyurethane foam It's trying to make the, the surface of the implant a bit rough um, so that it's less likely to have capsular contracture so it's less likely to have capsular contracture with a t- textured implant compared to a smooth implant but not quite as good as a polyurethane implant because a polyurethane implants actually got foam coating so it's a three-dimensional foam so the scar tissue grows into foam rather than just slightly roughened uh, texturing on the implant surface so they're both silicone implants inside but a textured implant is just slightly roughened silicone whereas a polyurethane foam implant has got this polyurethane foam around the outside so i hope that's here we go oh helen what's the difference between on block and capsulectomy and which would you need when removing two own polyurethane implants thank you helen helen i know you haven't asked this question someone else has asked that question later on but i am going to answer it now here's what's the on block removal of breast implants do you do on block removal and so here's my question from later on on block do you do on block removal and how many of this type of operation have you done personally So, similar question, Helen, and this one. So, what's the difference between on block capsulectomy and which would you need? Oh, sorry, on block and capsulectomy. Okay, right. Well, capsulectomy is removing the capsule. So, um, on block just means removing the capsule with the implant inside in one piece. So, it's not a difference in on block. So, you can do a capsulectomy. You can either remove the implant and then take the capsule out. That's a capsulectomy. Or you can do an on block capsulectomy where you take the implant out. Uh, with the capsule still around it. So you take it out intact. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I get a lot of people talking about on-block removal of um, implants. And it's actually quite hard to do an on-block removal of breast implants. So the other patient who's asking me how many I've personally done on-block removal, I don't do it very often. I only, And the only, the only times I do it is if it's easy. I don't actually make a big deal of trying to remove an implant with a capsule in on-block. What I normally do is I do an on-block excision of the capsule. So you've got a capsule, hard capsule, because it's usually a lot easier to leave the implant in while you're doing the capsulectomy. But just at the end, if it's really hard, that implant, it's actually quite hard to get it out of the, the incision. You normally got about a five centimetre incision. So if you've got a big, hard implant, it's actually quite hard to get it out. And you might have to extend the incision if you wanted to get it out intact, on-block. So what I would do at the end, I would take most of the capsule, while it's still attached at the end i just take the implant out and then suddenly that capsule would sort of deflate and then you can get it out a lot easier through the incision so that's what i normally do rather than specifically the only good thing about taking it out on block to be honest with you full disclosure the only times you do it is as i say when it's easy and the good thing about it is it does make good photos it is good to have a photo of an on block implant with a capsule in, and then you can cut open the capsule and then show how much bigger the implant is than, than the capsule to show how over time it's got some, it's contracted. So, personally, and then you know, as it's just my opinion, I don't really go hell for leather and try and do on block. I do on block for most of it, but then I don't complete it on block. I normally just take the implant out at the end because it's a hell of a lot easier to take the implant out separately because the implant's nice and soft, comes out through the five centimeter incision quite easily, and then that deflates the capsule, so then it's easier to take out. Um, so when removing two-year-old polyurethane implants, you wouldn't need either, Helen, unless you're having new implants put in again. If you're not having new implants put in again, you don't need any sort of capsulectomy or unless the capsule is really hard. So if the capsule is really hard, then you could. Um, but uh, but you don't necessarily need a capsulectomy if you're having just removal of implants and not replacement. If you're having a replacement, then you could think about, well, yeah, you don't, sorry, you don't need a, a capsulectomy Um if you just remove the implant unless the capsule's really hard if you're having replacement then again if the capsule's really hard you probably do want to remove that capsule because you don't want to put another set of implants in with a hard capsule around the outside but if the capsule's soft and you're putting the implants back in if you're putting silicone implants back in um, then you could um, you could just put them straight back in if the capsule's soft maybe just do some work on the capsule scoring and things but if you are um, going polyurethane because you want the scar tissue to grow into it you usually do need to do a capsulectomy when you're putting polyurethane implants in to allow the scar tissue to grow into the capsule um, can you have liposuction under local yes you can Emma um, I don't do it much because I find it's quite traumatic uh, and it's not very comfortable so it's only really for a small area of liposuction there are some types of liposuction like vaser and uh, well I guess Vaser is the big one which is uh, sort of like an ultrasound assisted liposuction and that's a bit less traumatic because the ultrasound sort of breaks up the, the fat before you suck it out and they tend to do that much more under local than traditional power assisted liposuction i don't do that and we don't do it in our clinic Visa. but that's something you might consider if you did specifically want liposuction under local you could have power assisted liposuction under local but i think it's a bit uncomfortable and i think it's usually better to have a ga but if you again if you're really keen to have it under local it's absolutely fine it's just the movement's a bit uncomfortable you know unnerving i find for a patient but uh, again it's your body so if that's what you think you'd like then that would be something you could consider jade with a breast up. Uh, oh sorry emma god i can't call keep track it's for a small area okay well maybe it would be okay then emma to have a bit of lipo under local yeah um, jade with a breast uplift and implants is nipple reduction or reducing areola size included in the surgery or is it an extra yeah a lot of people a lot of people get a bit um uh, you know, ask for a lift and and areola reduction. Now, two things there, Jade, the nipple and the areola. Um, don't want to be semantic, but just to, to, to make it clear, the nipple is the bit in the middle that sticks out. The areola is the pigmented bit around the outside. So we don't do anything to the nipple when you do a breast uplift, although sometimes actually the nipple can be a bit pulled in. Um, but, you know, don't make the nipple smaller or anything like that. Um, and also, don't tend to correct something like an inverted nipple when you do a mastopexy. So, neat don't do anything to the nipple. But reducing of the areola is an integral part of a breast uplift or a breast reduction. So, you've written there breast uplift and implants. If you're just having implants, then no, it's an areola reduction is an adding ex, extra. But if you're doing a breast uplift or a breast reduction, you have to cut around the areola to lift the areola because that's part of a lift or a reduction you're lifting the areola and so you can decide how big you want to cut around that areola you will move all the skin around it so now a breast uplift and an areola reduction is integral part you don't have to pay extra same price and what have you it's uh yeah it's all part of it part of parcel so where are we up to mini up here we go Christian, well, four of this list. Do I need to stop e-cigs? Uh, do I have to stop e cig prior to surgery? How long before? Or can I just use a really low cig? Mm, sorry. Sorry. Been driving, around. <laughs> driving around a lot today. Um, what's a really low cig? I don't know what a low cig is. Anyway, uh, ideally, yes. Now, um, e-cigs are better than cigarettes, but they're not brilliant because they've often got nicotine in them if they haven't got nicotine in them they just speed at uh, speed steam if they just steam then that's fine but if they've got nicotine in them then you should stop them um and i know there's different levels of nicotine now it depends on the surgery you're having if you're having something like a breast well if you're having a mole removal or minor surgery or even something like breast implants now something like breast implants this is just a five centimeter incision it's not normally a big thing so healing is not normally a big issue. Having said that, if you get bad healing with a breast implants and the implants gets infected and there are bad things that can happen. So you want to maximize your chances of healing um, because cigarettes reduce the risk of healing or risk reduce the rate of healing, I should say. So breast implants, I'm not strict on, but if you're having some kind of skin tightening procedure, like a mastopexy, a tummy tuck, facelift, something like that, I don't do facelifts, but anyway, those sorts of surgery, I would say do not have it if you are still if you are smoking because smoking reduces the blood supply to the skin these wounds are all under tension if the wound's under tension uh, uh and it doesn't heal up it goes ping, ping 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 and it really opens up and it can be really bad so um it depends as i say it depends on the surgery so if it's something like a mastopexy a tummy tuck or something like that i would say yes you do need to stop smoking um, um very dare you um try to stop smoking how long before um ideally six weeks before ideally so if you're having a tummy tuck or something ideally six weeks before that's the ideal um but that you might say forget it that's never going to happen the less than ideal again this is up to your surgeon this is my sort of regime the less than ideal time is the time you have the surgery to six weeks after sorry it's two weeks oh god time you have the surgery is two weeks after sorry so just just to recap six weeks before ideally if you can't stop six weeks before the really crucial time is from the day of surgery to two weeks after that's the healing time you have to get these wounds healed once the wounds are healed so let obviously you should stop smoking for your health but um less of an issue to get you into those two weeks are crucial point of the day of surgery is two weeks after I know what you're gonna say I'm stressed oh, it's all sore and it's all this and I've got nothing to do and all that. You will be even more stressed if your wound break down, breaks down. So don't smoke for those two weeks. Absolutely, well, absolutely essential, I would say. Um, but um, that's my view if you're having one of those sorts of surgery. So, God, Mr. Hollow, added extra, got that one. It's for a small area. Are we keeping you up? Sorry. Oh, God, that's a bad comment. Sorry. Come on, put yourself together. Sorry about that um ha ha i didn't know that brain's not working tonight you didn't know about the lift that's good i've I've taught you something there you go jade i've taught you something tonight about the lift and the area reduction is it i think um chantelle um new entry at number 10 new entry chantelle can a lift still give quite feminine stroke firm results i've got a very i've got very little tissue but i've been advised that a lift would be enough to restore shape but i can't see how that's possible without implants great question chantelle um great question you know and you and i think you're right i mean it's it's yeah it's tough when you haven't got much volume that's all you've got and that's all we've got to work with and that's all you'll have so whatever cup size you are now as i say you're going to be about the same um first of all a lift can't you have to be realistic about what you're at, your goals will be with a lift because it's never that sort of tight and tense it is when you first have it done but it often especially if, you know if you had children or something if your breasts were, because of children or weight loss and the skin has been stretched it never keeps that tight that tight look now you might think that's good or bad. sometimes when you first have it done like that some people say that's great um, but it, some people say oh my god it's awful whatever happens it does settle with a lift that's the first thing to say but absolutely if you haven't got much volume that's all we've got to work with so you know it, 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 if you want more volume and certainly if you want more fullness in the upper part that's when implants come in so implants could be done to give more volume uh, and, and more fullness, but there are risks with having implants and a lift with implants is a big op. So it's not something to be taken lightly. So I think there's a lot to be said for just having the lift and see how you go and then have implants at later date if needed. But again, it's about being realistic about what you can achieve. And if you think, look, I'm definitely not going to be happy with just a lift, then you might want to consider lift implants in, in that same op, but it is a big op. So I think I would be, I would share your concerns. By the way, I have invited Kurum tonight, but I don't know he doesn't answer me. Uh, You guys are all having a problem with your Beeline. Do you want me to put the link in? Add guest link. You have to download some Beeline, don't you? Um, If someone didn't want implants, how many cup sizes can you gain with from grafting to the breast instead of? And do you do it? Thanks again. Hi Helen. Thank you, Helena. I was just looking at one of your Facebook posts just now. And that, oh, God, I couldn't stop laughing. Couldn't stop (laughs) crying with laughter Um, in your thing. Um, So back to the question. Oh, no, I've got Chantal's question up. So um, good question. For me, yes, I do do it. I do do fat grafting to the breast but i always say to people it's subtle and the broadly speaking a cup size is about 150 cc's now it depends on the body and it depends on how much you've got for donor size and what have you but when you're doing fat grafting to the breast particularly if you're doing to both breasts for me and this is just for me you know full disclosure full disclosure or disclaimer whatever for me a big breath a big fat graft for me would be um uh like 50 60 cc's, and 150 cc's is a cup size so far less than a cup size so you're saying how many cup sizes can you gain from fat grafting if i'm doing it not even a cup size helen you're looking at two or three sessions to get one cup size increase so it is that is the main limitation of the, p- uh, the procedure in my hands and uh, so it is a subtle increase it's good for localized volumes it's good if there's one breast you know a bit smaller than the other or something like that but if you're having to split the fat graft between them both it is limited what you can do so that is the problem with fat grafting on paper fat grafting sounds great no one wants implants all this stuff about implants and all the terrible things in the news about them no one wants them but if you want a predictable increase in volume they are the best way to do it um in my view and fat grafting just isn't quite there yet unfortunately because it is great on paper chantel so basically after huge weight loss and multiple children i've been left with a lot of loose skin in places tummy tuck first thumbs up um yeah i reckon so chantel sounds good go for the tummy tuck and see how you go in terms of your breast and you know talk about. it's just about having a conversation with the surgeon about whether you have a lift or a lift with implants um helen if someone didn't want breast implants Oh Helen, that's what we like, double comments, get the figures up, get the numbers up, good. Chantelle, thank you, thank you for asking. Sissy says, hello, hello back to you, Sissy, nice to see you. I am cracking on here tonight, Sissy. Uh, How are we getting on? So we've got the E6 one, we've done that. How much lipo we got, and we've got the Sky Vision one. So look, this is good, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? How much lipo can I have in one go? So how many areas of LIPO can be done at the same time? I'd like tummy, tummy, back, bra fat, thighs and arms. And if they can't be done at once, what order would you recommend? So the two things about this are the medical side of things, and then the sort of physical, I suppose, side of things. So medically, you've got to be a bit careful about how much you can do LIPO in one go. If you do lots of LIPO, if you do huge volumes of liposuction like several liters of liposuction you get fluid shifts afterwards so fluid goes from the well anyway don't worry about it but basically you feel weak and wobbly because you you get fluid fluid shifts in your body and you you can your blood pressure can drop you can feel dizzy you can faint, you and fall over so you if you're going to have several liters of liposuction you're probably best being admitted overnight having a drip up just keeping a monitor on your observations so you, you, you for that and those terms from a medical point of view, you are limited as to what um as to the volume and so you're looking you know several liters certainly like three four five liters of liposuction that's big you know so you've got to be thinking you know admission and being a bit careful overnight stay so so but i suppose the question is actually how many areas of lipo can be done so that's really more about the physical aspect of it and the physical aspect comes in two forms first of all from you you've got to think about it yourself if you're having your tummy your back your bra fat your th- thighs your arms flipping out, it's all gonna be bruised swollen tender you're gonna be you know struggling to recover post-op so you've got to think about the post-op recovery but also you've got to be thinking about the positioning in theatre at least that's what I'd be thinking about because assuming you have this done awake sleep if you're awake it might be different because you could sort of move around but if you're awake you'd probably be sedated so you wouldn't be able to move that much but it's quite hard to do the tummy and the back and the bra fat is also quite far around the back so you know thighs and arms. so for me i think i think that's all too, that's too much all that in one go i would say i would say something like tummies and tummy and thighs would be good and then um maybe back bra fat and arms would be the two ops I do it in two goes Um, and the back again we probably have to still do some kind of thing we'd have to probably do two turns or maybe um, back bra fat and arms could we do that with you prone maybe but we'd have to think about position but yeah I think tummy and thighs would be reasonable and I think back bra fat and arms would be reasonable so I would probably stage it like that personally what's going on here elaine says hello hello elaine and that's a clap is it or a wave anyway back at you um yeah hey jj what procedures do you like doing the most god that's like this is now like now we've got into the realms now of stuff like um uh, piers morgan live story says now isn't it this is what we want this is the sort of um you know that's the sort of question that, that's another level that is um it's really weird yan you know i love doing liposuction but i don't do it very often it's weird that isn't it i love doing liposuction it's so satisfying small incisions seeing the fat come out i love it so i do really like doing liposuction um i do like doing tummy tucks i like doing tummy tucks recently i do i mean i mainly do breast obviously and breast implants are great because you do get an instant you know result and when you you know get that volume the proportion just right it is great um but surgically yeah tummy tucks i do like basically i only do the stuff that i like yeah so that's why i just do sort of tummies and breast that's all i really do um so yeah but i guess i guess i'd say tummy tuck if i'd say one um although i mean anyway yeah let's not overthink it guys um kim I'm having a TT and a breast lift with implants and I'm going um, and I going feel like I've hit by a bus lol and what painkillers will I be getting to help yeah sorry am am I going to feel like I've been hit by a bus um probably yeah I mean a tummy tuck of the breast is quite a big thing but it's perfectly reasonable to do Kim I wouldn't worry about it too much it's perfectly reasonable to do in one go tummy tuck and a breast lift um probably the tummy tuck is going to be more of an uncomfortable thing than the breast lift the rest of it is going to feel tight uh, the tummy tuck obviously feels tight as well but sometimes you have to repair the muscles and that can be a bit uncomfortable especially when you cough and stuff like that so um you are yeah i mean may, maybe not hit by a bus but you are going to feel knocked back should we say um for me what i do when you're in pain with a tummy tuck i always sort of bend you more you, you, you'll be bent you'll be bent you'll be bent up your, your legs you'll be flexed to the hips so you'll be sitting forward and you're you probably have some pillows under your knees. So it's often good to sort of sit up more just to take the tension off your tummy rather than going too strong on the painkillers. I always say to people, and again, this is up to your surgeon, but I always say to people to be careful with the painkillers because they can make you feel constipated, they make you feel sick, they can make you feel dizzy. So they've got all sorts of side effects. So I go with ibuprofen and paracetamol, keep it simple. I usually go with normal painkillers. But if you're um, in pain, obviously you'll be in hospital probably for a day or two yeah. afterwards. So, um, um then they'll, they, they, they'll have access to stronger painkillers like codeine morphine obviously sort of opiate type painkillers which are very good painkillers but as i said they do have side effects so i always say to people just be a bit careful with those painkillers and if you're not in that batch pain don't take them a lot of the discomfort is relieved by taking the tension off the wound so when you're walking you'll be bent forward um for the first week or so but uh, yeah i, I wouldn't overegg it kim i don't think you'll be that hopefully you won't be that bad but um you know you will be a bit uncomfortable because it's quite a lot of surgery but that sounds great that'll be really good good luck with that MIMS tree living can you recommend if anything to reduce appearance of brachioplasty scars one year post-op one year is quite a long time MIMS um, the main thing about um, break, uh, scars any sorts of scars massage um, time is normally the main thing but um, a year is is quite a long time but still, it can take 18 months, you know, two years for the thing to properly settle. Uh, if they're a bit red, sometimes laser can help, especially if it's a year post-op, so you've given it time to mature. Um, and then it depends on what the problem is. I'm assuming it's redness. If they're a bit thick and lumpy, sometimes steroid injections or silicone dressings can help, um, if that's the problem. If they're a bit stretched, then you could consider revising them uh, if, they're, if they're sort of wide. But if it's if they're sort of flat and just red, then it's just massage stay out of the sun while they're still red and just persevere with it and maybe laser if if they're annoying you and taking a long time to settle but i think if it's just flatness and they're red time give it still time although it's been a year but um yan says cool thanks i was just being nosy yan i like it you know it's a celebrity question joy says jj what's the recovery time oh god what was the what was the question Recovery time. What's the recovery time? Let's have a look. Doing great. Glad it's just not my kids. What was your question, Joy? Am I the only person who can't see anything? What's the recovery time for what, Joy? Uh, what's the recovery? Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, sorry. Next question. Sorry, um, JJ, what's the recovery time if you have TT and breast reduction and lift at the same time? Right, breast reduction and lift, same operation. So. In that question, we can scrub lift straight off. That's just a TT and a breast reduction. So a lot of people think, I want a breast reduction and a lift. A lift is an integral part of a breast reduction. So um, again, big operations. Breast reduction is a big operation. Tummy tuck is a big operation. Uh, Well, assuming all heals well, because they're both closed under tension, there's always problems with potential problems with wound healing at the T-junction or the breast reduction or centrally or around the belly button with the tummy tuck. Assuming all heals well, I'd say probably the tummy tuck is going to be Probably going to be the one that's going to sort of knock you back a bit more. So you'd well in my in my practice you'd have dressings on for a week. Then you don't need normally need dressings on after that. You will feel a bit fragile and a bit uncomfortable um, after that week. So probably you know two or three weeks. Probably three weeks. I'm going to say before you're doing driving and things like that. Um, you're pushing you know, prof- 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 around the house for the first first two or three weeks. Again, this is you know best torture surgeon. So, you know, this is just what ballparks. So, two or three weeks before you're getting out driving and obviously then going to work, presumably you need to drive. You might be working from home in two or three weeks doing stuff on the computer. But if you need to go somewhere, I would say to be safe, three weeks before you get back to work. If you, you know, we're driving and light duties, you wouldn't probably wouldn't want to be doing anything where you definitely wouldn't be, want to be doing anything too strenuous. Uh, and then after about six weeks, you can start getting back into things if you're doing the gym. Well, at the three-week mark, you can do lower body, sort of low-impact stuff like the bike, gentle bike and um, the stepper and things, but nothing too strenuous For at six weeks. So six weeks, you can start doing more strenuous things, but just start, take it easy, and then if it hurts, back off. So, you know, a good couple of months before you're doing anything, you know, or six to eight weeks before you're doing anything too strenuous. Assuming everything heals up, sometimes you get little bits of wound healing and that can not, you know, set you back a little bit dressings and things chantel i've got previous bad keloid scarring is there a way to avoid slash minimize this if i'm having a tt in a breast lift wow that's a really good question chantel excellent question and the main thing i would say is look, i'd be really worried chantel about having elective surgery when someone has really bad keloid scars you have to be really worried about having elective surgery so elective surgery means surgery that you can choose to have which is basically what a tummy tuck and breast lift is you know it's not like you need an appendicitis or you've you know got a you know stomach ulcer that's perforated or something you know this is surgery you can choose and so the first thing to say i would be very careful about choosing surgery because if you have got previous bad keloid scarring there is a good chance that you'll get more because it can run in families and it can run in people some people are prone to keloid scarring so i would say number one. Whatever we do, number one, you've got a high risk of getting keloid scarring. Now, there are things we can do. You probably know this already if you've had bad keloid scarring. You know, as I said before, steroid injections, silicone, intralesional excision. There are things we can do for keloid scarring, but the best thing to do is to avoid getting a scar, to be quite frank. Um, And so if you do go and have surgery, I would say, look, there's a very good chance you're going to get more keloid scarring. You have to be prepared for that, and we try and sort of treat it early. Um, There's not an awful lot you can do to avoid or minimize it we would probably be doing that already on everybody if there was stuff that we can do is not a great deal we can do surgically to avoid it if you have got previous keloid scarring if you've got hypertrophic scarring that's a bit different that's when the scarring is red and raised because of wound d- delayed wound healing so maybe if you have another operation and the wound healing isn't delayed you're less likely to get the hypertrophic scarring but if it's pure keloid scarring that's more of a genetic predisposition Predisposition of you to get this uh, lumpy, um, thick and lumpy scarring. So that's, I genuinely be worried about having surgery, Chantel. I would. And I think you'd have to think carefully about it. Becky, hi, JJ. Did you see the dispatches program last night? What's your opinion on BII? I, I saw the second half because my secretary texted me. Um, Sally sent me a text saying, see, what's his. Um, I did, and I, you know what? I've written a blog post on it, and I'm going to have to get that posted. Um, yeah, I mean, bit, breast implant illness has been around for a while, and there's a lot of people you see on the internet who complain of non-specific uh, illnesses, non-specific symptoms. They can be very um, debilitated by them, and often they, and often they say that they're better when the implants are taken out. Uh, it's a difficult thing from a medical point of view, because there's no medical link of breast implants with illnesses. Years ago, they were taken off the market in America, the whole of America took implants off the market because a whole load of people came forward and said, these implants have made me ill. Um, so they took them off the market. They did huge studies looking for a link and they couldn't find a link. Now I'm not saying there isn't a link. I'm just saying they couldn't find a link. So we haven't got a link. We haven't got a reason why this should have happened. And so there is no link to say that, this ha- that, that they cause it. And it may be that some people get ill and many people have implants and there's going to be a situation where someone has implants and then following that they get ill and they blame the implants when it might not have been the implants. Um, so it's hard to know how to advise people. And if you do see people who say that they feel ill with implants in, it's hard to know whether you, you should advise them to remove them because it might not make their illness better. But obviously, it will make the implants go, and so they might have cosmetic issues with that. So it's been around for a long time, Becky. I've got to say, if I was a patient, I would probably be more worried about it because I you see it a lot more on in the internet than I actually see in my life. I don't really see it, to be honest with you. Um, I had one patient I had to remove the implants because she had pain that wasn't really breast breast implant illness. Um, And I see people are worried about about it before they have implants, but I can't say I've got a patient who I've had to remove implants because they felt ill and then they felt better afterwards. So it's not commonly seen. A bit like ALCL, people worry about this very rare cancer. These things, you know, there's no doubt if you, you know, if you do enough implants, what is it, 10, 15 million people with implants in, there's going to be people who have got issues and they Come and say, oh, this is all, you know, could use my implants and their implants are terrible. But there's a whole load of other people out there who haven't got issues. And so it's a tricky one, Becky. And as I said, I've written an, a blog post about it because and what my blog post basically says is the media do tend to focus heavily on the downsides because um, they have to make a story, I guess. Uh, but you don't really see the people who's, you know, the mum of three who's lost volume in her breasts, who's had implants, who feels better about herself is very happy with them and never had any problems you know that's not really a wouldn't really make a dispatches program about that but you know i think it's you know i think as a, it's right that if they do cause illnesses we know about it and we tell people about it but uh, there are things that we know about that the implants cause things like infection you know if, well, they don't cause infection but if you get infection you have to remove it capsular contracture you need future operations these are things that we do know and there is a causal link alcl now type of cancer that we tell people so you have to admit that we already know there are potential bad sides of having implants. There's potential complications with any surgery. There's potential complications with anything. Um, you know, I said in my blog, what did I say in my blog post? I gave a couple of examples. I said like a hip replacement, you know, hip replacements can get loose. They can get infected. Uh, heart bypass graft, you know, if you have an open heart surgery that can block up, you can die. That You know, you can find someone who says, look, I died when I had my heart bypass graft. They're awful. Heart bypass grafts, but a lot of people didn't. You know, my hip replacement—they were terrible. It got infected, and I've had chronic pain ever since, and it's a lot worse. But there are a lot of other people who have been benefited by the surgery. So there's risks and benefits of surgery. That's my view. Sorry, I'm I'm rambling on a bit. Of all surgery and um, implants are no different. Thanks for (laughs) asking, Becky. Chantel, thanks for the advice. You're welcome, Chantel. Laura, I had tummy tuck and lipo had a baby pouch now. I had tummy tuck and lipo have a baby pouch now. It's not fluid as have had a scan. It's stuff which should have been taken off, but wasn't. Hubby not keen on me going back to Turkey to have revision done. So unsure what to do. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like if it's not fluid, sounds like maybe a bit of lipo uh, would be the thing to do for that. Laura Jane. But, yeah, that's the problem with going abroad, I guess. It's all good if it goes well. But I guess if it goes badly or not goes badly, if you need a revision, you have to go back there. So um, got to get got to go. Great. Live as your top surgeon. Get a good night's sleep. See you next week. So, Jan, thanks for thanks for the emojis and thanks for joining. And thanks for the questions, Jan. Um, Becky Collins. Thank you. I didn't feel it was quite a one sided program. Oh, I did feel it was quite a one sided program, but just wanted your take on it. Yeah, well, I think that's the problem with the media, Becky. They do like to have things black and white, you know, But like the politicians. They make them all black and white. Kim, thank you for your advice. You're very welcome, Kim. Thank you for the thank you. Sharon Jackson Lomas. I'm a week today post tummy tuck muscle repair and lipo to flanks. It feel like my stomach muscles are twitching. Is that normal? Yes. Sharon, they have. Yes. So you've had muscle repairs. They've been stitched. So they're just in a little bit of spasm easier said than done relax in time you will naturally relax and painkillers will help you to relax but a week post-op don't worry sharon that's perfectly normal again go to your surgeon don't take advice from me sharon talk to your surgeon but it's not something i particularly worry about lola marilyn may wellington booyaka look at that sorry i missed beginning we'll catch up once i can lola i think you can catch up as you know as you know on an ongoing basis um we're doing well tonight guys on block removal have i done that yeah done on block removal how much lipo done that last question well last question in my list i've got a question please ask this is a patient just contacted me this evening and amazing i didn't ask if i should show it well probably i shouldn't show her photos because they're quite um graphic she had a very bad breakdown of an abdominoplasty with a big hole um and she contacted me a, I can't actually remember when but a few months ago with this picture of this big hole um, and she was really worried and I think the surgeon had said you know that'll be okay and she didn't trust them and all that sort of stuff so I said look you know usually it's best to wait on these things and she did wait and you should see her now fantastic she got a fantastic result It's healed beautifully but the scar's a bit thick and a bit red and she said that the the surgeon has said that he'd do a revision now I just wanted to say a little bit about scar revision um this surgeon obviously feels bad because she's had a breakdown and is probably trying to do a good thing by uh, offering a revision and wants to make her happy as you do when patients have problems we feel bad when patients have problems we feel terrible about it and we want to make you happy um but my as an outsider looking in i'm looking at that scar saying i th- you know it might be a bit too soon to do a revision i'm sure he's trying to make you or she's trying to make you happy but i would probably wait a year or so for that scar to soften the redness to fade you might not even need a revision at all because the last thing you want to do is have a revision and then get infection in the revision so the bottom line what i'm trying to say is if you have a scar that maybe is not quite so good the paradox is you really is it a paradox i'm not sure if that's the right word but it's um you really want to leave it as long as possible before doing your revision. Now you might say, "Flipping egg, why about I have to wait a year? I'd rather have a good scar, you know, a year sooner. And I take that point, but two things. First of all, it's hard to do a revision when scars are quite tight and hard and red. The surgery is actually quite hard to do it while it's quite tight. You cut it out, it all pings open, it's tight again to close. You're probably not gonna get quite, a good result, quite as good a result. But the second point is that often, you'd be amazed at how well scars get. You should have seen this, it's a big hole, and it's gone down to nothing and in a year that scar that redness might have faded the scar will have softened you might not even need a revision at all so it really is best to wait if you can and um that that's where i would be that's my advice but again it's up to your surgeon and just i'm sure they'll do the right thing because they've already looked after you well so far sharon jackson lomas thank you laura james thank you for the advice i hadn't thought of that i not thought of what and thought of a bit of lipo yeah oh yeah got through it did it thank you thank you very much thank you very much so that's the uh, I'm, I'm all i'm out of questions guys unless anyone's got a question please feel free to chip away chip in get it in there if you want to put a question down the um on the comments of this this uh this video sort of when i'm not here you can if you want to join oh i know let's say you join me live you need that be live app if you want to um yeah if you want to ask a question oh yeah that's the other thing You facebook messenger me if you want and you can do it anonymous because i don't say names and stuff like that because i'm never sure if people you know so if you want to facebook messenger me i won't uh, give names and things um and thank you for that and i am gonna check out and I will be here Tuesday night, 7 o'clock next week, with your questions. Please keep them coming. Keeps the thing going. Thank you for your comments very much. And I will check out, basically. See you next week. Adios. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at Uk using the hashtag... Ask JJ We'd love to hear from you